Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Outdoor editor for the Arkansas Democrat Gazette, Brian Hendricks joins the zone to discuss all things outdoors. Thanks to world-famous McClard's Barbecue. McClard's is still going after 95 years, so you know they're doing something right. Visit their new location at 9219 Stagecoach Road in Little Rock. If I hit that fishing hole today, she'd be packing all her things and she'd be gone by noon. I'm gonna miss her. It's the only open we have. We have to wait for it to kind of hit. <laughs> good to see you, buddy. How are you? It is good to see you. I'm doing very well. Thank you. Glad we could be in studio with you and uh, hang out. And our sponsor is here as well. Dean Jennings is with McClard's, among other companies, but they are the sponsor of the segment. It's great to see you again. Good to be here. Thank you. Yeah. Um, all right, Brian, let's get into it. And then we'll talk about McClard's here in just a second, if that's okay with you guys. And um, did you bring some grub up? Did I smell you something in there? have some grub for you guys today. Oh, nice. The, it's like the green room smells better than normal. What, <clears throat> what did you bring up today? So we brought up a uh, tamale spread for everybody to oh, try. Perfect. Famous tamale spread. It is famous for sure. Uh, and you said 95 years for McClard's? Yeah, we're going 95 years on the, on that name in that place. So the Food Hall of Fame, Philip McClard's still there cooking it every day. Is that right? Yes. He's that? been there 56 years. That's crazy. Gets there at 2 a.m. every day. Oh, my gosh. Yep. Yeah, you ought to go to the back side of that thing when they start taking the ribs out of that out of that uh, slow cooker thing, or yeah. this, whatever it is they've got, you'll just look at it as like, that's that's a lot of meat. Yeah. Absolutely. I never thought, I worked in restaurants growing up, but we didn't have to prep because it wasn't a barbecue restaurant. There was no, we prep, but not like that. I mean, I guess you didn't think about the hours of smoking and everything that's necessary for a, a barbecue business. Yeah, so, you know, there's something that has to be smoked every day, mm-hmm. so you're ready. And he gets there at 2 a.m. every single morning, and he smokes the meat. Mm-hmm. And they make the tamales in-house. They roll them every day. So it's it's still going every day. Third generation now with Philip McClard. That's what Snoop Dogg told me. What time does he <laughs> Something leave? Something needs to be smoked every day, Wes. <laughs> what was that? What time does he leave? <laughs> he leaves around 11 o'clock. He leaves when they open because he doesn't want to be bothered with the business. Does he stand <laughs> up and go, my work is done here? <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, Brian, let's talk about uh, fishing and whatever else you want to get into. I was asking, I don't know if you guys do any turkey. Do you guys do smoked turkey? We do. Okay, well, it's turkey season. We were talking about that last Coming week. Coming up. So I thought that was good. All right, so we want to talk about the Bassmaster Classic, and did I see, I saw, I read your story the other day that there was an event that is no longer in operation or something going on with that. What's going on with that? Uh, yeah, the FLW Tour, which used to be a, a very frequent visitor, I think they had like three Forestwood Cups on Lake Hamilton or Washita. They have had many of the Red Man Amer- All-Americans on DeGray and Hamilton, and that organization folded into what is now major league fishing which is owned by uh cronky uh, i think his name is that okay. owns the rams oh yeah stan yeah and so We're on uh, first name basis yeah exactly and uh, tell him i said hi i will time. i will but uh that became major league fishing they redefined you know what the fishing tournament is all about but the Bassmaster classic is still the gold standard for you know bass fishing championships uh bass what became bass actually started on Beaver Lake in June of 1967. The very first tournament, modern bass tournament ever held was there. And that morphed into BASS about 1971, and it just went from there. But yeah, there's several. Uh, Major League Fishing is a whole different format, a whole different way of thinking, Uh, but it's not here anymore. You know, what used to be FLW is now that. 
Bassmaster Classics or Bass B A S S, which all their media is based out of uh, Little Rock here at J M Associates. It just keeps rolling right along. I saw. I think it was your one of your columns that you wrote, or maybe I read it from somebody else recently. But talking about the, uh, I guess the decline in the number of high level professional bass fishermen in from, the state from Arkansas. It is you know uh, when you go back in time to the nineties, Arkansas dominated it. We had George Cochran, Mark Davis, Larry Nixon, uh, a lot of other people. So, St- Stephen Browning still around. Uh, 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 Rob Kilby. On and on and on and on. Uh, Bobby Murray won the very first Bassmaster Classic, one of only seven to win more than one. He's still around. Uh, but as time has gone on, the number of really high prominent Arkansans in professional ranks has really diminished in the Bassmaster Classic. We had one, Stetson Blaylock from mm-hmm. Benton, who's a great fisherman. Sure. Uh, in the, uh, in the, in the uh, uh, Red Crest Major League Fishing Championship, we had three. It's just not what we're used to here. And uh, for the very first time, a Canadian won the Bassmaster Classic Sunday. And that tells you that times are changing. Bass fishing is no longer a distinctly or, or exclusively a southern sport. Uh, he won it with an ice fishing technique on the Tennessee River. Okay. You know, doing something that just never has been done before. Nobody would ever think of doing that. And probably nobody will ever do it again, except unless you're from up there. What was the technique? What is it? It was a, uh, he used a little, uh, uh, it was a three-eighths ounce jig with a little bit of a swim bait type thing. And he was just, he was watching fish on a, on a forward-facing sonar, looking at them on sonar, just putting it down in front of them and just waiting for them, just like you would through a hole in the ice. And he would wait minutes and minutes and minutes and every kind of quivered a little bit, you know. And every now and then a fish would just come up and grab it just like they do in the ice that's wild yeah huh the patience that it takes to do that here's the deal he used that to get a pretty good lead on the first day he increased his lead on the second day looked like he was not going to be able to be caught the fishing shut down on the third day he only caught two fish they were averaged about three pounds six ounces each which is a good deal but you don't win a major tournament catching just two fish he pulled it off and still won by a pound and nine ounces how about that 300 grand Second place paid fifty thousand. So the difference between one pound and nine ounces is two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Yeah, that's yeah. amazing. Right, and the money is huge. But that was something else you addressed, I think, in the story was that it, it's expensive to do this on a regular basis too. It is expensive to do it. You know, you have the entry fees for the elite series tournaments alone. I don't know what they cost now, but the price just to play is very high. All right, so you've got the boat. You got to buy your boat. You've got to buy your tow vehicle. That's a hundred thousand dollar thing you've got to you, you have to pay for your lodging you have to pay for your food your gas the time away from family all of the other things that just go just the cost of, of doing what you do it's extremely expensive and sponsors will offset some of that but somebody like just jeff, jeff gustafson who won is probably not at the level up until sunday right. was not at the level to where he had enough sponsorship to offset that in any significant amount I think that he's probably taken care of for a while now. Yeah, I would imagine. Does that change? I guess, can you, with one tournament win, does it put you into the stratosphere of elites? It can. It just depends on how good. And these days, it is all about marketing. And one of the other pros, Mike Iaconelli, years ago, wrote a book about that. And how, with a marketing degree, he was able to really revolutionize how uh, bass fishermen portray themselves. For example, when you look at their jerseys, this is high-dollar real estate up here. 
across and, your chest, upper yeah, chest, up there, and as you get on down to the smaller patches here, the price of that goes down, uh, all that. But there is a price for every piece of real estate on your jersey. Hmm. These guys have figured that out. But there's also you've got to have a high Instagram presence. You've got to have a TikTok presence, a YouTube presence. You've got to have a Facebook presence. You've got to do all that. And some of these people try it themselves. Uh, other people hire that out. Mm -hmm. But you've got to do all that because your sponsors are looking at how many views does this person get? How many people mm -hmm. are following this person? How, yeah. In other words, how effective is this guy going to be or, or lady, if, if that's who it turns out to be, how effective is this person going to be in advancing our presence in the world and selling our product? That's what it all comes down to. That yeah, makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, I can only remember being one of the big characters. Got a chance to cover him at one of the events in Arkansas years ago, and I don't remember if he had gotten into it with somebody or something. But he's a, he's a guy that's pretty brash, right? Uh, Iconelli, yeah, he was having a pro. <laughs> that was one of the greatest tournaments of all time because there was uh, it was in Little Rock here, and uh, Denny Brower, who was a Bassmaster Classic champion, got into a pretty high profile scuffle with a uh, another guy named Jonathan Van Dam. They were clashing over a bit of water in the Pine Bluff Harbor. I never fight with anybody whose last name is Van Dam. That's right. That's right. That's right. And, uh, you know, his, uh, his uh, I guess it's his cousin or it's his uncle or uh, is Kevin Van Dam, who's one of the greatest of all time. But anyway, they got into it. And, I mean, it didn't come to blows or anything like that, but, I mean, a lot of name calling and, and all that. Well, Mike Iaconelli was unhappy about something that went on at the lock, and he was very outspoken about it. And, uh, you know, Kevin Van Dam's tires came off of his trailer en route to the tournament one day, and a couple of guys had to help him get his tires back out of the ditch and put it back on the trailer. It was just That's a weird thing. coincidence. <laughs> it really was. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that was, uh, that was one of the more colorful ones. Yeah. I I'll never forget mm -hmm. it. We, uh, had, we had guys at the paper that were writing sidebars that covered the travelers and stuff like that. Yeah. And uh, they'd never been involved in fishing before. And after about the third day of that thing, they're like, you got the greatest beat in the world, man. These guys just don't like each other at all. <laughs> well, there's a lot of money at stake, as you've already identified. Right. Dr. Right. Brian Hendricks, the outdoors editor for the Democrat Gazette, mm -hmm. for just tuning in. It's brought to you by McClard's Barbecue. Uh, let's talk about what's going on in Saline County right now. Yeah, the, uh, uh, the uh, Benton, uh, or I guess the Benton Advertising and Promotions Commission bought 512 acres, uh, $10 million that they're going to pay back over a 10-year period. And if you go uh, down I-30, where all that awful construction is there, and you cross the Saline River, as you look off to the right, uh, there's that pasture land that goes along, uh, you know, past uh, 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 Riverside Grocery and on, mm -hmm. on past down through there, all the way to Lyle Park. That's all going to be turned into green space. <laughs> uh they're going to, uh, the city of Benton's going to put in an RV park there with 97 sites, I think, with full RV hookups, you know, sewer and water, electric and all that. There's also going to be a tent camping uh, area, I, I think, on the other side of the river. There's going to be a nature trail or a trail that runs basically six miles from the Cherry Jingles Access, which will be reopened after after the project is complete and uh, the, the freeway uh, stuff is complete in another 30 years. Uh that trail is going to run all the way to Lyle Park, and and uh, it's going to be a great place to recreate. Mm -hmm. You know, Benton has very been very in front of realizing what a treasure uh, the Saline River is right there, an undeveloped jewel that they can develop and turn that into a draw for them, uh, much like uh, City of Little Rock is doing with the two, you know, Arkansas yeah. River and Little Maumel. I think it's great. You know, Bentonville and Rogers they get all this publicity for all the green stuff that they're doing to attract a younger 
more active, more diverse workforce to that part of the country. We're doing a lot down here, too. It's just not getting the same kind of publicity, and so it needs to. Yeah. Yep. And turkey season, we referenced that off the top. We are coming up on that. It's next month? Uh, yeah, April 17th is statewide. We have two zones in, in Arkansas. Uh, one of them is a little longer than the other one. Uh, I'd have to look at the, the map and all that. But statewide, April 17th, you'll have a youth turkey season the, week, the weekend before that. But we're all looking forward to it. The hatch, turkey hatch, turkey reproduction for the last two years has been really, really good. Uh, the weather has been right. So there are a lot of two- and three-year-old gobblers in the woods, which is what we like to hunt. We, mm-hmm. You can't kill year-old birds in Arkansas. Okay. And uh, it's looking good. You know, it's looking really good. Yeah, it's yeah. good. So they come of age about the same time a horse does. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It goes better for the horses, typically. Yeah. Yeah, nobody's out there uh, hunting them except for other horses. So that's good, just trying to run them down. Um, all right, so let's talk a little about uh, McClard's and anything. With, let's talk about the new location out on Stagecoach. I guess you guys have taken over that position, and you said things are going well there. You guys are open same kind of hours as Hot Springs or not? Yeah, same hours as Hot Springs, basically. It's 11 to 7, 11 to 8 on the weekends, and then the only day we're closed right now is Sundays. Is there anything different with that menu, or is it the exact same menu? No, that's, this, this menu has all the exact same stuff as McClard's, but we added on more of a countryside to it, and there's also some salads as well, kind of feed more than just the barbecue appetite. i got to be honest, I've never ordered a salad at a barbecue joint, I don't think. Certainly not at McClard's. My sidebar to my barbecue would be tamales. That's as close yeah. to salad as I'm getting. Yeah, that's that's right. We get a lot of tamales ordered, a lot of side tamales ordered. But we wanted to make a, a full dining experience. Yeah. You know, somebody may not, somebody may want ribs, somebody may not. Instead of just saying, well, we can't go to barbecue. Well, now we have a whole section that's sort of a Southern-style dining menu mm-hmm. and then some salads and, and, and desserts and you things have, like that. You have so. a pulled pork salad? Absolutely. That's exactly right. That that I might go for. That would be good. What is this weekend like down in Hot Springs for the Derby for you guys? So we have a few places there, but as far as McClard's is concerned, there's the whole infield's filled with tents. So each one of those people cater something. Um, so the biggest part for us, the, the restaurant will be full all day. There'll be people waiting at tables. But the biggest part for us is that we also have to provide food at those tents as well. And, you know, that can be upwards of 1,000, 2,000 people. And each tent get, can cater whatever they want. They kind of control what goes in their tent. So, you know, we're the one of the hospitals orders from us every year, and they have their own tent. So feeding the tent as well and then feeding all the people that rush in as well. And when you have a sunny weekend for it, it just it's it's amazing in Hot Springs when it's a nice weekend as well. Mr. McClard still show up at 2 a.m. when you're doing 1,000 people worth of catering on top of the restaurant? I don't let him have a, an hour off. You may have to sleep, like, work overnight, right? He's going to constantly smoking. Yeah, yeah he'll, he'll work my schedule that weekend, and he won't he won't get to see his family for a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> These are the ones you live for, though, right? I mean, Absolutely. Is this the biggest weekend of the year for you guys? Uh, President's weekend is usually huge. Okay. Because um, they run the races so Through long. Monday. Yep. Mm-hmm. So that's a, that's a big weekend. Um, one of the neat things about Hot Springs is that you got the track. That kind of gets us busy when it's cold, when a lot of other places aren't busy. And then summer in Hot Springs mm-hmm. just stays busy because right. so many people come there. So we have a nice season. Between the track and summer, it just ha- it's just a, it just stays busy for a good six months. And then, you know, everybody knows McClard's wants barbecue for the lake, wants barbecue for mm-hmm. summer. So right. it keeps us busy. Yeah, no doubt. Well, I mean, you guys have a obviously a well-known brand 95 years in, mm-hmm. kind of the way it goes sometimes. So, And you're doing a lot of catering out of the Stagecoach location too or not? Uh, we are working on building that side of the business right now. Gotcha. We just started up with uh, DoorDash as well. Okay. So, and that's that started off really strong. Good. I was kind of shocked how strong that started. but So that's been good for us as well. Awesome. Um, more tamales, or is that your number one seller or something else? No, when, if we go into a new area like this, then if they don't know the tamale spread, then it starts off 
slow because people just see a picture of this thing covered in cheese. Mm-hmm. But as time goes on, people talk about it or they know what it is. It turns into about 50% of our menu mix gotcha. is tamale spreads. Makes sense. How, who makes those? So the Hot Springs store rolls the tamales every single day. Okay. For, we have a team of four people. They roll for five hours every day. Wow. So Philip makes the masa and the meat, and then that team rolls it every day. Gotcha. And then we bring them over every morning. So the the team actually, we had to, it used to just be a couple people. Well, now we're doing it for two stores. So now there's a team that that's all they do. They just roll tamales. What a gig. What a resume. What that's do you do right. for a living? I am a tamale roller. That's what I do. Cool. Well, this, uh, are you guys seven days a week? Six days a week. We're closed, closed on Sundays. Sunday, okay. Yep. Very good. We deserve it. You guys are rolling like that. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for uh, sponsoring. It's good to see you. Yeah, absolutely. Appreciate you guys. Pleasure being on. Thanks, uh, thanks for bringing some food, too. We're looking forward to tearing into that at the noon hour. Or Wes will eat in the next segment, actually, while we're on the air. Brian, good to see you, buddy. Thank you. We'll see you next week. All right. Good to see you, too. Thank you.